Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting edition of Close Encuentro uh, with uh, uh, your a Kansas City host in the midst of a uh, blizzard snowstorm here, uh, Jude Hunts of uh, Habitat for Humanity of Kansas City, along with John Gonzalez uh, here in Brooklyn, New York, where it's, um, it's just cloudy. It's not, it's not bad. It's actually, I went out on a midnight run last night. And uh, it was quite warm to my surprise. Right. So, okay. yeah, out here in Brooklyn, and I'm the director of parish and community relations for Catholic Charities. Right. Hi, Jude, and hi, hey. fellow listeners. How are you? Good to see you. Yes, and we're hoping for snow in western New York tomorrow to slow down the Lamar Jackson train. Um, but uh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how that goes. But uh, so on today's uh, episode, we thought we'd just talk a little bit more about ourselves and uh um you know have listeners get to know us and and to know not only do we have this um podcast but we also have uh a blog <laughs> that uh folks can participate in and uh uh read as well so we have multimedia going on here uh yeah, yeah. so uh john uh you yeah. know where do you want to start in terms of sharing about yourself well, let me, uh, you know, since you mentioned it, let me just uh, let our listeners know um, that uh, because, you know, we're, we're kind of, we've been doing a couple of these shows, uh, our, um, our trailer tells the people, you know, tells the listeners, you know, what, what this is about. Yeah. And uh, just, to, just, to, you know, go into that. It's, um, you know, Jude and I are social ministers. So we teach about Catholic social teaching, theology, philosophy, ethics, uh, at, uh, you know, different uh, colleges and universities, but we also do social ministry. And so our thought is to, to since we're engaged with what's going on in society and the world, as all of you are, um, to just offer a, a thoughtful reflection from our experience, right. from the experience of, uh, you know, of the ground, as it were. And, uh, and that's the, the point of this. However, it must be uh, identified yeah. that uh, Jude and I shared, uh, and others who will be guests uh, with us, who we've, we've talked to, uh, you know, share also the, you know, the experience of uh, engaging in culture, yeah. and a couple of the the things that we very much engage in, uh, and you know, as well as uh, the folks that will be on uh, our show, includes the the science fiction genre, star, our passion for Star Wars, yes. Star Trek, and. And you know a lot of sci-fi movies that uh, you know are are huge. Some are on TV, like The Expanse uh, and Battlestar Galactica, and others. Yes. Uh, so so you'll get you'll get a taste of that music and other you know cultural influences as well. So just to uh, Jude, you mentioned our blog. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and let our listeners know what that is um if they want to find it and you know you can you can find these right. uh in our you know our our facebook accounts and all that if you're our right. friends if not uh it's a, a tumblr so it's a tumblr.com and then uh slash blog slash close dash encuentro nothing capitalized uh close c-l-o-s-e dash uh, encuentro e-n-c-u-e-n-t-r-o that's our tumblr blog uh, you can also search it if you search Tumblr, and you'll also find our our podcast, um, mm -hmm. our, our you know these these podcasts that we try to do every week. Mm -hmm. uh, so so just letting the listeners know about that. And then as far as who we are, 
as uh, you know, I generally mentioned that we're social ministers. You know, that's a broad category. We teach, evidently, you know, and, right. and mentioned that, mentioned that in the trailer, and a little bit of sci-fi. But having said that, why don't I go ahead with you, Jude, and okay. just why don't you tell us a little bit of, uh, of the formation of what brought you to, you know, to, to this level of, of your, your own identity? Yeah, this is somewhat complicated. So I'm the oldest of three. I'm from uh, Buffalo, New York, hence the constant references to the Buffalo Bills and um, especially during these happy times. Uh, happy times. And <laughs> not during the dark times uh, to make a Star Wars. Which are plenty, by the way. Which are <laughs> plenty of those, that's right. No, let's, let's, let's keep you on the pedestal. That's right. So, you know, I... You know, so I grew up in a lower income, blue collar family. Uh, you know, I experienced the 1970s and we experienced poverty. My dad was out of work for a lot of that time. Uh, I remember those times vividly. I remember when he finally did get back to work and we started to, you know, do better. Um, you know, we always went to church. My, uh, uh, and, for whatever reason, you know, I went to Catholic school for just three years. I went mostly to public school, but for three years I went to Catholic school. Uh, that wasn't as formative, though, as a decision my parents had made. Um, you know, we grew up in a first-tier suburb of Buffalo, uh, but my parents at one point made the decision to, to start going to Mass um, in the urban core. And so we went to this uh, church, uh, St. Matthew's, in a really, really tough neighborhood. And I started getting involved there. I started getting to meet people who were very different than me, very, uh, you know, having very different experiences. And I started to work at the church. I started to, you know, uh, clean floors in the school and, and you know, stuff like that. And, and uh, working side by side with other teenagers who were, um, you know, the same age, but again, very different experiences. And uh, I really learned a lot about that. Um, that was a really transformative thing. Uh, and then I went to college. I went to a Jesuit college. I went to Canisius College in Buffalo. And of course, Jesuit formation was really... I'm sorry? I looked into Canisius. Yeah. Yeah, that's my undergrad. And so... Canisius and Lemoyne, I think. Yeah, oh, Lemoyne, sure, yeah. So, yeah. Um, and, you know, Jesuit formation had a really strong impact on me. The story of Ignatius, the story of the Jesuits, um, the social justice tradition that was given to us. We were very active in, in, uh, in a lot of different issues uh, across the spectrum from, from pro-life to nuclear weapons to all sorts of other things. And, and uh, uh, in that time, I wound up uh, getting arrested a couple of times for civil disobedience and uh, wound up going to jail and wound up going to prison. Um, oh. And that was a really powerful experience because I made a point to do what I did in my uh, you know, in that, the parish experience, and I sat down and I just, you know, started listening to the stories of other inmates who were in for very different reasons, and, you know, listening to their stories, and to a person, you know, every one of them said, you know, uh, you know, growing up in grinding poverty, you know, single mom, uh, you know, n not a lot of options, and Every one of them said, you know, if I knew of another way, if I knew of another option, I would have taken it rather than sell drugs or, you know, get into a gang, whatever it was. And, and, uh, and that really propelled me into a social justice realm. I wanted to be a Jesuit. Um, you know, that was my first um, 
inclination. Um, and I, I discerned that for a while. Um, Lemoyne is where the novitiate is for the New York province. And, uh, um, you know, discerned that for a few years and decided that wasn't uh, where I was meant to be. And uh, I, I became a teacher. Um, I, you know, because what else are you going to do with a philosophy and classics degree uh, if you're not going to, you know, either go to law school or seminary? So uh, I started teaching and uh, really got into that and started being very intentional about doing social justice projects with my students. Um, I taught uh, three years of high school, but mostly middle school, 14 years of middle school. Um, along the way, got uh, two master's degrees, one in humanities and another in uh, pastoral studies. Um, and eventually got into church work. I became the, uh, I worked at a parish here in the Kansas City area. And um, uh, then from there got hired as the director of uh, peace and justice for the diocese here in Kansas City, St. Joseph, Missouri. And did, the, did that for uh, four years and then uh, was asked to be the chancellor of the diocese for two years. And that was, uh, uh, a, a time that I'll talk about another time that wasn't a very pleasant experience, but uh, uh, <laughs> uh, but we'll get into that in another episode. Then, another time. you know, went to Chicago and ran the Peace and Justice Office there, came back to Kansas City, and uh, I've been teaching college for seven years, um, uh, eight now, as a matter of fact, um, at a community college here in Kansas City, as well as one of the local Catholic colleges run by the Carondelet Sisters of St. Joseph, uh, Avila University, and uh, have been working for Habitat for Humanity for the last three years and really loving that work and being engaged in, in uh, uh, doing most of their advocacy work as well as, you know, engaging congregations in the work of, of affordable housing and, uh, uh, and whatnot. So um, I've, so my pathway has been both based upon personal experience, you know, um, that I've gone through, you know, theological reflection on and, you know, and whatnot, uh, as well as the education I received from, uh, you know, two Jesuit universities. My second master's degree was at uh, Loyola Chicago. So, uh, um, so um, that's sort of how I got here. Um, my, my experiences combined with my educational uh, background and whatnot has led me to where I am and to what I do. And, and uh, so the man you are today. Yeah, so uh, uh, so you Can looked I, into Canisius, but where'd you go instead? I actually ended up going to Siena. Oh, Siena, sure. I traded, okay. I traded uh, the, the, I was, I was curious about Jesuit, but I really was, um, Actually, uh, there was a, at the time I was in high school or middle school, maybe. Yeah. I can't remember. Um, there was uh, these comics uh, that, that came out and I was into comics and I'm going to mention this in a, in a second because, yeah. uh, you know, I had gotten Star Wars comics. I already was in, into this and there was comics about, that came out about Pope John Paul II and Pope Fra and uh, St. Francis of Assisi. And I remember that comic of St. Francis really took me into, that was the first time I felt touched by the life of a saint to think this guy was a real human being. Up until then, yeah. uh, you know, I, there, there's this, you know, other uh, aspect of my identity that I was wrestling with. 
So yeah. let me go and let me you know go into that, and I'm going to come back to sure. the comic of St. Francis and 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 how that led me to Siena College and and yeah. where I am today. Um, but first, uh, let me um, also out you. You um, uh, <laughs> something you didn't you didn't mention, um, uh-huh. but you know it's obviously uh, part of who you are. And yeah. your experiences. You are a uh, a white man. Yes. Uh, Euro American, if we yes. can call it, ethnically uh, Italian, if I'm not sure. mistaken. So on my mother's side, I'm 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 Sicilian, and on my father's side, I'm Polish. Yes. Oh, I I don't remember. Okay, I yeah. wasn't aware of the Polish side. Yeah, so that's my, yeah, that's my food, my I always side. get stuck with the Italian. Yeah, uh, yeah. Amy. Well, so the Italian is much bigger because that. So my father was an only child, so we didn't really have a big. Um, family on that side and and his parents died relatively young i i never knew his father and his his mother died when i was six or seven so most of my family have a huge italian family so that you know was the dominant uh socialization in my life Uh, okay yeah all right well i i say that also because to juxtapose with um you know with something that's a big aspect of my identity and that's of course uh the culture and ethnicity which i think um for all of us um whether we're conscious of it or not at some point we do have to wrestle with that as an aspect of our identity in the context of this diverse yes you know uh, american reality that we're a part of and i think in the social issues that we see today that is currently a very big issue that we need to to own so for me that part of my my journey was the fact that i was I was born into a colombian family Mm -hmm. an hispanic family in the united states in new rochelle and uh, and I felt, even though I left very early in my life uh, for the uh, boondocks of upstate New York, yes. and I don't mean just, uh, you know, further up Westchester County, I mean, you know, uh, <laughs> Endicott, Binghamton, right. I still consider when I drive there, I'm still like, I lived here? That's how right. Was that, how was that possible? How did my parents even find this place? That's right. Um, but... Uh, but I, I, I just have these really fond memories of being close to the city. And I think that always drew me. I never felt at home. I always felt I was, not to mention I was, I was displaced as an Hispanic American where there was no other Hispanic. So I felt right. that form of displacement. But, you know, a, 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 an American country bumpkin Hispanic, that just, that just felt very off. Because I, I had that memory of living close to the city. And that was, yeah. you know, very fond for me. But... But the fact of the matter is, um, uh, my parents uh, uh, were given opportunities. Uh, they were graced with blessings. Uh, IBM at that time was, uh, right. well, uh, you know, had these uh, opportunities for people who really uh, got into the field of electrical engineering and such. And my father was was very fortunate with that. Uh, and so, so that was the reason we went up to the areas of opportunity at the mm-hmm. time. That is no longer the case now. Right. Um, uh, but, uh, at that time, late seventies, uh, you know, that's, that was the migration up to, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Endicott in those areas. Yeah. And, uh, and that was, that was a very odd time for me and, you know, and, and discovering myself, uh, uh, you know, here I am in the home. My parents still try to maintain that type of Hispanic culture, which was incredibly foreign to me, um, uh, because, all my surroundings, there was nothing like it. Right. There was just nothing like it at all. And my surroundings, as I came to understand it, outside of you know some of the Slavish uh, culture uh, that mm-hmm. was in our um, Catholic community, 
so there was a little bit of that, but in the broader community, it was really this Protestant Americanism and, um, and, you know, this idea of, of liberty and rights and all that. So, mm -hmm. so I really formed myself in that, that took, that took a hold of me. And I always kept wrestling with this identity. And I always felt like I, I just, I struggled. I struggled with who am I in the midst of this, um, you know, appreciating aspects of my family, but also, uh, you know, just, just, you know, condemning it sometimes with regards to uh, what I would call superstition and all that. And that included the religiosity. Right. So that was another aspect of my struggle. Um, I always remember I loved, somehow I always loved the liturgy. I loved the Catholic faith, mm -hmm. but I didn't like, I, I rebelled against the devotions that oh, my yeah. parents, that especially my grandmother had. Yeah. Uh, I rebelled against that. I rebelled against some of the cultural ways of expressing themselves, especially yeah. Um, my father's patriarchy. Mm -hmm. uh, so there was always, you know, these struggles. And, and that, so that was, so there was these two things, my home, mm -hmm. you know, Hispanic traditional culture, right. the larger society, you know, again, Protestant, um, right. you know, Americanism. And then Star Wars came in the middle of it. Oh, yeah. And I just remember um, in the midst of the struggles, that was one of the initial areas of my identity. And to this very day, when people ask, when you discern to, to enter the religious life, because I did. Yeah. And uh, Jesuit was interesting, but I really ended up going to Franciscan. And again, that, that St. Francis of Assisi comic did a lot for yeah. me. But the fact of the matter is, the day I, I started discerning religious life, as much as mm -hmm. we had been culturally been watching the movie Jesus of Nazareth, yes. the Ten Commandments, all those religiously every year on right. Lent. I don't know if you remember that. They were always playing those movies. Yep. And that affected me. I mean, I, I yep. love those stories. But when Obi-Wan sacrificed himself yes. to Darth Vader's blade in Star Wars A New Hope, yeah. that was the moment I wanted to wear the brown robes. There you go. That was the moment I, I, I discerned that religious life brought to me in a new way from the lens of this sci-fi reality yes. is, is the type of spirituality I want to explore. Years down the line, I ran into the comic of, uh, of St. Francis of Assisi, and two things um, hit it for me. A, my knowledge of what Franciscans were, because I also went to a Franciscan parish. Okay. Um, I, uh, my uh, middle school and late elementary school uh, period was at a, uh, a, a school run by the Sisters of St. Cyril Methodius, but yeah. the parish was Franciscan, so I knew them. Um, but then the other thing about this, the comic of uh, St. Francis that astounded me, because our Catholic Hispanic spirituality tends to put saints almost mm -hmm. at the level of these superhumans. Yeah was the comic made no bones about it how fallible saint francis was mm. he was a he was a a guy who uh who in the first part of the comics i remember was out drinking and loved to party and all that and then he went into this well i probably took the wrong message from that comic <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because i i thought well this is an endorsement that partying is good right. you know if, if saint francis <laughs> can do it then then, 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 why not? So can I. Right. Uh, and uh, and so one thing led to another, and I thought, let me try out what these Franciscans are like. They look right. like fun, <laughs> you know. Right. They look like a fun group. So yeah. So I went into that, and again, 
I, I had the, the, the Jedi spirituality as yeah. a formative, you know, experience for me. Yeah. But here I go, I go to Siena College and study. Yeah. I go through uh, my education. Honestly, during those years, up until the time I left college where I had another identity crisis, a crisis of faith, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I ended up rebelling against my parents' culture mm. and actually, um, but I was, I really believed in, in being, you know, uh, politically active and yeah. informed and all that. But during those years, I ended up becoming uh, a conservative Catholic, pretty much. Actually, no, I, I ended up becoming a conservative. Okay. And I remember college, I joined the Young Republicans and all that. Uh, I, I really took to, you know, Reagan idealism. Yeah. And, um, and then for a while, I really just kind of became an agnostic yeah. uh, because I, I started questioning um, the institutions, not the faith. I, right. I can say I never had an issue with regards to the faith right. that uh, moved St. Francis and others. Um, so, so that's where I was. And I was, I had finished um, college with a history degree, which gets you nowhere. Yeah. Uh, so, so th- there I was working at IBM because that was the opportunity that was right. always available to me at the time. And uh, just turning, you know, wh- where can I go? What's, who am I? Kind right. of question. And going back to St. Francis again, that was the guy who really, you know, led it for me. Mm-hmm. My mentor was a Franciscan who was just elected to provincial leadership in the Midwest province. Right. And uh, I, I went, I just like, I don't know what to do. I want to do, I don't know what to do. And he's like, well, we happen to have a volunteer program in Chicago and I'm going there. I'm driving there because they're actually the provincial is in St. Louis. Yeah. But he had to drop, he had to go to Chicago first. Okay. And then, uh, and so he says, do you, do you want to go ahead and, and join it? And I said, well, why not? You know, I, I'm actually going to go ahead and go into this spiritual Jedi, you know, kind right. of. Right. Uh, quest. Oh, this is great. I feel like Luke Skywalker. So I did. I, I, I became a, a, a Franciscan volunteer. I, I got to Chicago I, and I was, I was open to the spirit and I was placed within uh, the Coalition for the Homeless. Okay. And that just changed my, you know, my everything, changed my perspective, changed my world. I could no longer hold on to conservative ideology. Right. Um, and uh, one thing led to another. I had a mentor at the coalition uh, who passed away, a uh, former uh, liberation the- theologian priest yeah. from Panama. And he's the one who first uttered the words rerum navarum in Catholic social teaching. Yeah. And I was like, what is this? And he was upset that I didn't know about it. He's like, you have to know about it. So yeah. he, it was his suggestion I go to Catholic Theological Union in Chicago. And I learned and I fell in love with uh, ethics and Catholic yeah. social teaching. And worked with a passionist. That was the other spirituality sure. uh, that I really got formed into. And then for reasons of a marriage that later uh, went sour because she, you know, uh, couldn't understand my passion for ministry. Yeah. Um, and so found somebody else who didn't share right. that. And so, uh, but that got me to New York and that led me, and I was, I was starting to feel myself moved in the direction of, the Ignatian way. Yeah. I was a number of people were telling me about the spiritual exercises, right. and that led me to Fordham uh, to get my doctor of ministry. And with my experiences, I just found myself more. And I and I went for the doctor of ministry because I, I had 
wanted to have one foot in in spirituality and teaching, but I never wanted to be fully in academia. I wanted the other foot to always be in social ministry, immersed in social ministry. So uh, Catholic Charities, yeah. Catholic Charities in Rockville Center, Long Island, right. uh, and now Catholic Charities in Brooklyn and Queens. So I uh, did that and then went on to do the spiritual exercises and be trained as a spiritual director in the Ignatian <clears> way. <throat> and uh, that's where I'm at at this present okay. moment, just uh, yeah. doing the, the social justice ministry, um, being able to teach at first sure. at Malloy College, at Dominican College, and now at uh, Vincentian University, St. John's University. Oh, yeah. I was going to say that's in a nutshell, but that was a long nut. That's a lot. Well, you know, and you know, <laughs> In hearing your story, we have a couple of overlaps. Uh, Chicago is the obvious one because we both mentioned that. But um, I, I wasn't aware, you know, that you had uh, dabbled in conservatism. Also, I had done the same thing, um, and my family uh, is very, very conservative. They still attend the Latin Mass, and they, you know, all that stuff. I'm, you know, theologically they're there, but also politically. And you know, I was never you know, I mean, I dabbled in it for a while, but I always felt this disconnect. It didn't really connect with me. It was more something that I had inherited or, or you know, through socialization and whatnot that, that you know, kind of bothered me. But, and I think it was two things that, that really, um, uh, that, are, that on the surface of it seemed somewhat disconnected, but, but I'm going to, you know, hook this ball back into the fairway. So my favorite superhero growing up was Spider-Man. Okay. Um, okay. Spider-Man was always my hero. Low-income white kid. Okay. Um, you know, not very, uh, not very popular, you know, smart, brainy kid. Um, and, you know, he gets bitten by a radioactive spider. You know, that could happen to anybody. Uh, you know, he's the most egalitarian superhero there is. I mean, he's not from some, you know, exotic foreign planet. He's not some uh, Norse god. He's not some rich guy like you know, Tony Stark and Bruce Wayne, he's a, he's somebody I can relate to. Okay. Right. Plus I like spiders. So, you know, um, but he was always kind of the underdog superhero, you know, um, you know, never getting a lot of respect. And as we've seen in those movies, you know, Tony Stark never gives him a lot of respect, you know, uh, along the way either. So, um, so, but, you know, but he always had, you know, one of the things that fascinated me about him was the spider sense, you know, he could sense okay. when things were happening, which is not unlike the next thing that I really fell in love with, which you mentioned as well, which was Star Wars, you know, where the, you know, the spidey sense is kind of like the force, you know, you have this ability to <laughs> discern and perceive things that, um, uh, and for me, that always really connected with, you know, Ignatian discernment and, and uh, you know, uh, you know, discerning the spirits and all those things. Uh, and I think that's why I seamlessly fell into that world. And um, like yourself, I had a disillusionment with, um, you know, the institutions without losing faith. Um, and I think that is one of the hallmarks, though, of Jesuit formation, though, is that you have that ability to make the distinction between, you know, the institution and its flaws and you know, the faith itself, which, right, you know, right, right. Um, you know, stands on its own. And um, I, having worked for the institution and, you know, seeing more than I care to, um, uh, you know, it, you wind up, <laughs> you know, you wind up 
having to really, uh, you know, discern those things, but at the same time, developing a real sense of peace about it because, uh, um, you know, there's, uh, there's all sorts of things that'll come at you, you know, life-wise and, you know, you have to have the ability to navigate through those things and, and, uh, you know, that's the whole story of, of the scriptures, isn't it, right? Uh, you know, yes, yes. Israel's journey and all the rest of it, you know. Um, and that's where we sort of land. Um, and so, you know, plus being a Bills fan, you know, you're always living in hope without ever, you know, experiencing <laughs> the fruits thereof. Um, you're in the struggle. <laughs> you're in the lucha, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> so... You know, you tie all those things together, and this is where you are. You're constantly working for, um, you know, uh, you know, and uh, you know, my three years of Catholic education, I didn't really come to appreciate it until much later because, um, you know, I was there in really three important years. The, you know, the years when Oscar Romero was killed and the Jesuits were, were you know, and everything that was going on in Central America, and, and they were very remote things for me at the time. But when I got older and I started to learn about these things, I remembered the nuns in our school, you know, talking about this and talking about justice in, in, in Central America. And I really became passionate about that. And so, you know, different parishes I worked at, fortunately had sister parishes in Honduras and El Salvador. Oh, nice. And I had the ability to work really closely with those ministries. And I actually got to go to El Salvador and to you know, spend a week in our sister parish and to go to the Jesuit university and see where the Jesuits were killed, you know, which is a place of pilgrimage and then to go to Romero's house and, and to see where he yeah. was killed and uh, just very, very powerful experiences that, um, and again, you know, R Romero's story is not unlike ours, you know, here's a guy who was fairly conservative, but who, yes, you know, yes. in encountering the poor, Metro, right, he comes to a very different place. Um, and um, he had the encounter with Rutilio Grande, yeah. which a Jesuit, because uh, Romero's not Jesuit. He was a, right. he was the bishop, but Rutilio, he had the encounter with Rutilio Grande, who himself was, uh, you know, immersed in the culture of the poor. Right, right. And, uh, and he allowed himself to be open to, to being moved by that. It's, it is a powerful story. I, I didn't say, I, I went to his grave too. Okay. Um, before it got moved, I heard it. It's uh, it was moved. Oh, I don't. Uh, I did not know that. Okay. Because uh, I went in '96, I believe. Okay, no. so I, this would have been '97. I went. 2017. I was there. So three okay. years, four years. Where ago. is it now? So when we were there, let me think about this. We went to the church and we went to the home. I want to say. But it's somewhere in proximity to those things. Um, okay. Was it I went to the home too. I went to the home. I went to the church. He was shot. But no. Oh, we had no, to no, go no. Uh, he's in the cathedral. Okay. Um, that's where he is. Uh, because we went to the, the cathedral, cathedral that has well. a beautiful uh, mosaic. Like yeah, a, a but really there's a crypt, yeah, but there's a crypt there now where his tomb okay. is. So, so he's okay. in the cathedral of San Salvador. I have to find the picture. I had a picture of, uh, okay. of, of, you know, where his tomb was. And again, that was 90, for me, that was 97. Yeah. But that was absolutely, you know, a powerful moment and all that. I think one of the things that is, I almost feel like it's 
one of my personal missions right. uh, in, in social ministry is the idea of formation. Mm -hmm. um, as you tell me your story, you tell me how these stories, the stories of Romero, the stories of yes. the nuns, the stories of the Jesuits who were killed in El Salvador, you knew about this. I didn't. And I went to a Catholic school, but okay. in upstate New York. And well, you went, you were in Buffalo. I was in Endicott and it was a very conservative Catholic yes. area. Okay. And so I was formed with conservative Catholicism. Yeah. And so to be a, a devotee of Reagan and a Catholic was the norm, was, right. was a good thing. Um, uh, up until I went to Chicago and met John Donahue, yeah. uh, the, uh, a, a fellow who was a, a Panamanian priest and, uh, and missionary right. uh, until he fell in love and, right. and found a new vocation. Uh, you know, he, I, I had never heard of any of this. Interesting. Okay. Never heard of any of this. I never heard of Catholic social. Like I said, the words rerum novarum. Yeah. And I, and I'm like, cause, cause he was talking to me about it as, Oh, obviously you know this, or I have no idea what you're talking about. Right. And I had gone to Siena college. I had gone right. to, you know, a Franciscan college and at no point was, you know, was this, so luckily I had my Star Wars formation because right. I was informed in, in, in any of that, right. uh, except for liturgy, um, and, and dogmatics, yeah. you know, and certain aspects of, of, of high doctrine. And, and then, and that was it. And so when I went to CTU and I allowed myself to be open to what is this yeah. and being immersed in the homeless in Chicago, I was mm. dumbfounded and I, but I was also just beyond the beyond because now St. Francis really made sense. Yeah. It, you know, it, the, 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 the juvenile, uh, way I thought about him as uh, this party animal who right. who loved to immerse himself in the world, and I just didn't understand the whole leper thing. I was like, what? right? You know, so he so he, he really you know loves his leper, and I kind of like I was like, okay, I just don't get it, but all right, right? And um, and then to to read their stories, and then to go back and read the the history of the early church, and to see a consistency um with the early church with you know what the liberation theologians what romero and the jesuits ignacio la Correa and others uh, you know had been doing uh, that that just amazed me that yeah. that open i that's when i really came back into the faith right um up until then i had i was uh, a catholic then i became conservative catholic then a conservative agnostic yeah. and then independent when i felt delusion by every idea right. until my CTU formation brought me back to my Catholic faith with right. these grander new eyes. And even something like Thomas Aquinas and all that, which I, I had right. read and I understood. Now I, I fell in love with Thomas Aquinas even more, Right. but because I, I could appreciate the fact that the man was quite liberal in right. the ways he thought, oh, you, yes. you know, just yeah. in, in the diversity of the time, his ability to to not just uh, make fun of the the Islamic scholarship, he right. he soaked it up. You know, right. he he integrated that. He he had right. no problem with uh, Islamic, Jewish, Maimonides, and all these right. you know wonderful yep. thinkers, and that and that allowed you know Catholic thinking to just blossom right. uh, mm -hmm. in a way that it wasn't that it didn't have the opportunity before. Right. So yep. yeah, there was uh, there was uh, that formation was great, but but when I found when I read about Catholic social teaching, the, the best kept secret, yeah. I was like, that's my mission. Yeah. I cannot allow that to to be to, to to remain the case. And I think about the Catholics that have been supporting some of these uh, 
alt-right messages right. uh, in our society today. And I feel like as part of my mission is that formation that I was blessed with right. later in life, others need to know this sooner. You yeah. know, or the students, my students at uh, at St. John's, right. uh, you know, the, the campus ministries, the youth ministries that we have in Brooklyn and Queens. You know, this is very much a part of a tradition and they need to know at least the language, right. whatever they, their own formation, how they form themselves with it. That, that's right. up to them and the whole spirit. Yeah. But that's, well, yeah. and you know, even my students at the community college, a secular place, um, you know, my classes fill up. Uh, you know, I teach intro, I teach ethics, I teach logic there. And, you know, I've got all these young people who have been um, disaffected by institutional religion. Um, again, this is a very conservative, you know, part of the world, you know, and whatnot. And, you know, I've got classrooms full of students who are disaffected by the institution, but still have a deep faith and they're trying to reconcile, you know, all these things and, and, um, and are kind of searching. And so when they come to my class and they start asking questions and I, you know, kind of hear their stories, I can sort of share with them, not only my own, but also to introduce them to, you know, this other world. Um, and once they discover it, they're really kind of on fire. They get excited because, you know, um, you know, I think one of the worst things that has ever happened to Catholicism, Christianity in general, is this either or mentality, right? That, yes. You know, um, and, you know, when in point of fact, we've always been an and both tradition, right? Jesus is both right. human and divine. He's not either or, right? You know, both and, yeah. uh, it, we've always been a, a both and tradition. And, 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 we and we've always, you know, incorporated um, all sorts of... Well, don't forget that only Sith deals in absolutes. That's exactly right. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, we... And... You know, you have a bigger grasp of history than I do, you know, the history background. But, you know, I've been trying to tell people, you know, I said, you look at, you look at the history of the church. You know, every single time we get in bed with political power, it is always to our detriment. We always, you know, suffer institutionally, you know, and people suffer. Uh, you know, whenever we, you know, crown the king and whenever we, you know, salute the Fuhrer, Okay, we do so to our own detriment and, uh, um, you know, and, you know, trying to tell people that today, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a very difficult thing to get across to people. Um, but that's one of the temptations of the desert, right? That was one of the temptations, you know, the devil held out, you know, was, was that right. of, of, of power and Jesus rejected it. Um, um, right. You know, it's invulnerability, it's an encounter that we you know, gain our power, that we, um, it's not in, you know, these other places, so. Right, but even in those moments, um, we have to look at where the Holy Spirit is. Exactly. Because that temptation will always affect us, and yes. we're not Jesus. Uh, I mean, right. we try to be, and sometimes we, 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 we can be guided right. by the Holy Spirit as, uh, you know, as Jesus was. But whether it's Constantine, you know, and, right. and the imperialism of the church, the Holy Spirit went to the monastic movement of the desert. Right. Whether it's Charlemagne and, and the whole and the development of the Holy Roman Empire, right? The Holy Spirit went into the Cluniac reforms and the, right. and the religious reforms. Same thing with uh, 1500, uh, the church in the 1500s in 
uh, at the end of the High Middle Ages. Then you had the Ignatian and the Carmelite reform movements right. of, of the religious communities. So even today, um, with some of our uh, leaderships, uh, you know, uh, right. holding hand in hand with uh, the you know conservative ideologies and all that, the question becomes: Where do we see the Holy Spirit? Right. Where do we see the church? Uh, and you know, and and we can see it. it it's always yeah. with us. The Holy Spirit is always there. Right. Uh, you know, Jesus does tell us that it's, the Holy Spirit isn't going to just pack up and say, I'm done with you guys. Right. That's enough. Holy Spirit is always going to be there. So it's the issue of where do we find the Holy Spirit? Right. Do we find the Holy Spirit in those who uh, do, to maintain the mutual dialogue? Do right. we find the Holy Spirit in those who uh, speak truth to power uh, and voicing their oppression? Right. Uh, you know, so so the you know, the church sometimes it's at its best. Right. Wonderful. When it's not at its best, we have to keep looking for where the church is at its right. best in the margins of society. Yes. And that's where, like, again, you and I, having gone to El Salvador and having seen the tomb of Romero, right. and the place where the, the Jesuits were shot, that's the holy ground where the Holy yes. Spirit is resurrecting, again, as Romero himself suggested, would, would, would happen. Right. And yeah. Um, so, yeah. Well, and, you know, for me, you know, to swing it back to Star Wars, because... You know, how can we not? Um, yeah. You know, to go into the prequels first and then to move into, you know, the first movie experience, uh, you know, in the prequels, uh, you know, you've got, you know, Mace Windu saying, you know, we may have to let the Senate know of our inability to use the force, right? Um, and why was that? Why were they not able to use the force, uh, you know, during that time? And they were kind of wrapped up in that whole power struggle and, and that whole, you know, they sort of lost their focus. And, and um, you know, didn't have that that you know Ignatian indifference, right? That that uh, yeah. that holy separation. Um, uh, you know, you had mentioned you know when when Obi Wan sacrificed himself, which was a very powerful moment. You know, to be sure. For me, you know, being a kid watching that first movie, what really got me was Luke Skywalker in his X-wing fighter. You know, going after the Death Star. And he turns off his computer scan. Oh yeah. And he relies entirely on the force to make yeah. that shot. To me, that was I was I was like, oh my gosh, you know that is, you know that is faith. That is you know, <laughs> that moment for me was very very powerful and and um, um, you know speaks volumes on you know you know the role of faith and and. You know, tapping into the power of the Holy Spirit, you know, the force or whatever, and 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 uh, um, you know, allowing, you know, God to guide us and to and to not rely so much on our, you know, uh, on our own abilities and powers. Um, right. Not that they're unimportant. You know, we have them, but but at the same time, they can only take us so far. Um, Correct. Yeah, and there's a certain irony to that because in that same movie, you've got you know unbeknownst to us at the time, his father, Darth Vader, saying, uh, you know, castigating his fellow Death Star folks about not relying too much on this, you know, technological marvel that the power of the right. you know, yeah. there's a huge irony there that, um, um, that, yeah, that's true. And who does that better but his own son, you know? Right. So, uh, yeah. That's a, it's, there's a lot of amazing, uh, you know, excerpts that we can, 
that are formative, that are, yeah. that are brilliantly formative. And I wonder sometimes of uh, the spiritual depth that some of the these writers have in putting this together. How do they capture the struggle, the spiritual struggle of the human imagination? Yeah. When you talk about uh, Mace Windu, uh, one of the things that I was floored and I kept looking at it to see how deep did they really go. Um, do, are you, do you watch the Clone Wars, the, the cartoon? Oh, yes. Yes, we watch them all. Uh-huh. Okay. So at the very uh, end of, uh, of the last season, although I think they, they had later on created another season, so it may, it may be the second to last season, is uh, it, it's ending, you know, the, 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 uh, the, movie, the third movie, Revenge of the Sith, timeline is about to it's coming right up to that yes. and yoda has this excursion do you remember that yes remember where, where yoda has these these troubling dreams and right. uh and he has to go and search there's something very wrong in right. the world and he goes uh, and he struggles with his own shadows it's a, it's a very powerful th- right. i think it was three episodes uh and and it's very powerful you, you see him struggling with his shadows struggling with uh, stuff that he wants to hold on to, which includes the the, the Jedi institution, and he, and, he, and he's struggling with that until the spirit, um, you know, kind of forced him to just be open. And right. the moment he's open, he's kind of fed this this vision that there is hope, but hope has but to to have that hope, you have to let go of everything. Right. Including the institution. You have right. to just exactly you, you have to let that go. And he comes in, he comes back from his uh uh from his from this vision quest. Yes. And uh and he just doesn't tell Mace or Obi Wan um uh you know what's the you know these details because of sorrow and pain. He's basically saying we all have to let go of this right and 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 our love to one another even has to be sacrificed. Right um you know for for this greater good whatever it is because they don't they don't show him that it's right. you know that it's you know it's like i always say with jesus of uh jesus the christ you know he goes to the cross and he has faith in the rebirth but it's not like he has an absolute idea what's going to happen sunday morning right you know it's not like the resurrection is is uh, I, I i here here it is Good. I, I know what it looks like, so I'm going to go on the cross because I know exactly what's going to happen right. at the 20th hour. Blah blah blah. It doesn't happen that way. Right. You know, it's it's a it's a leap of faith um, for a uh, unfolding future that all you do is have hope without knowing what that hope looks like. Right. Right. And you know, we I was actually reflecting on this in my morning prayer earlier this week, where you know, reading the Gospels is is uh, you know. Of primary importance to us in 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 the Christian tradition. There's a temptation, however, to just kind of look at this as some sort of a mechanical play, um, because right. we already know what's happened. Um, that's right. one of the weaknesses of you know being on the other side of the story. Uh, you have to really use that imaginative prayer within the Ignatian tradition to to put yourself back in that original spot and say, hey, you know, Mary didn't know everything, right? Uh, you know, <laughs> the, the disciples weren't acting when they were being stupid. Okay. Right, you know, right, this right. was, <laughs> oh, they, absolutely. you know, they didn't know where this was going. Um, uh, you know, and, and, you know, you have to put yourself in that context to get the real depth of faith that exists on those pages. Um, 
because we kind of take the story for granted, right? Um, yeah, you know, yeah. because we're we're so familiar with it. So um, yeah. it's important for us to have that step back and to see. No, that was very um, powerful in the spiritual exercises. That was yeah. It's it's something everybody should I think you know yeah. get to try you know yeah. once in but, their lives. So yeah, the, the but I think those modern culture moments that you mentioned, you know, these movies, these you know, they can help us recover those things because they. Yes, yes, they can. You know, so um, there's a lot of Christological uh, images uh, in so many movies, and sometimes even in 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 songs. Right. Uh, you know, I was uh, at a um, kind of like a midnight run last night, uh, going out to the homeless community with food yeah. and all that. And uh, a great group of people that I was with, wonderful group of people. Uh, but they were playing the entire time uh, these, uh, you know, kind of like Christian rock songs. Yeah. And, and you know, and they were talking about, oh, what can we go? Wait, I can't wait to go to a concert and all that. And I was just kind of like, okay, I'm gonna ignore this because <laughs> right. I, I just don't get, I don't get moved by it. I don't get, I don't, I'm not, I don't like the, um, the you know, Christian rock genre. Right. I don't, a, I don't know why the spirituality is always individualistic. They right. never really tap into a social form. It's, it's very me and my personal Jesus, and I, I kind of, you know, rebel with that. Right. But um, but I, I think it made me think about some of the songs that do move me in secular society, The Clash, yeah. uh, Pearl Jam, uh, yeah. you know, so many of these, uh, you know, amazing artists. And, right. uh, you know, there's there's some songs. I'm trying to remember what's the song uh, that Pearl Jam sings that always triggers for me the hope in the resurrection. Um, and I can't remember it right now, but uh, it, it's, you know, there, there's the time and time again a there's these songs talk about the struggle and then when i see when i hear the struggle even though they're not mentioning jesus by right. name or anything right i feel like they're they're, they're tapping into these christological images the yes. cross the sure. pain, the you know suffering and, and you know and then and then the hope and i see yeah. that in punk you know i see that more clearly in punk music interesting than okay. i do in your christian rock songs yeah no i think that's true i you know, I've always been a U2 fan, so I, I first encountered those those undercurrents there, and then I've started to see them, you know, in all sorts of other places. Um, but um, yeah, as an aside, I, I don't know if you knew this or not, but, you know, U2 um, made a, a song about, you know, uh, you know, the lost children in South America during, during those repressive times. You know, it, it's called Mothers of the Disappeared. Um, it's at the oh, wow. it's at the very end of the Joshua Tree album. Um, okay. Um, so check it out. It, it you know, and the music video that goes with it is unbelievable. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. It's a very powerful tribute to the mothers who lost children to these repressed mothers of the leaders. disappeared. Mothers of the disappeared is what. All know. right. I'll check you. So so we're gonna put two plugs in. You homework, two. Yeah. You so that's your homework. What's mine? Your homework. So you two mothers of the disappeared. Yeah. All right. And I love Bono. So yeah. Um, the other one is The Clash. Yes. Uh, and uh, actually, I blogged on this if you want to, but otherwise you can, it's called Washington Bullets. Okay. In the, in the uh, album, Sandinista. So you kind of already know where they're going. Yes. <laughs> um, but Washington Bullets, and it goes into uh, the whole uh, Central America yes. um, events and all that. At the end, it's kind of like, a, you know, it's kind of fun. Okay. But it, it, you, the lyrics in the beginning are, are the story. They're, they're mentioning the story. Okay. And in, uh, as we close, 
I just want to, and I want to delve more into this and in, in another topic, because we're going to deal with principles of Catholic social right. teaching. Obviously, we'll have to deal, we'll deal with the dignity of the human person. Right. But what we just did today, this, this I would call it a cathartic experience yes. for our podcast, for our listeners, and for ourselves, Indeed. is bringing back the memory of who we are. Right. And I want to say that because in this book that I'm finding very powerful by Pope Francis, um, uh, I won't say dare to dream, but no, let us dream. Yeah. Uh, I'm at the uh, the last chapter, and I, I mentioned it's a see, judge, act. Mm -hmm. So I'm an act. And and as he goes into this whole process of, of experience, discernment, and now action, the whole beginning of the action is memory. Right. We, and it goes back into, he doesn't, I, I was using it, he doesn't use it, but Pope Leo's, uh, Christian, remember your dignity. Mm-hmm. I don't know when you when you do if you do the divine right. office. That's the one reading uh, Dude, towards yeah. the end, Every, biblical yeah. reading. Christian, remember your dignity. Right. And and what Pope Francis says is for us as a nation, as a people, as an individual, as a people, as a nation, we have to remember the stories. Right. Remember who we are. Right. And I think it's amazing that in our journeys that we just shared. That was a big part of us was yep. who are we in the midst of these struggles in our identity? Right. You know, me with a cultural struggle, you with a political struggle, um, you know, and uh, and so in, in different ways, we're all doing this. Right. Uh, our listeners can, can listen to what we said and think about their own struggles, whether right. it's uh, culture, politics, economic struggles, whatever it is. Right. But that, you know, how we got to who we are. There's a lot of wonderful, um, uh, you know, aspects uh, that we can we can take from it, and we should take from it. That's right. So remember, you yes, know, that's and yes, and memory alive. Yeah, and, and how many times throughout Scripture we're you know enjoined to remember, and right. not just those events within Scripture, but it, but our own events, you know, of our own faith journey. Um, uh, we have to incorporate and appropriate those memories and those experiences of our life with the larger tradition um right. you know to see how it all fits together um yeah so thank you listeners for listening to our story we would love to hear your stories as well if you'd like to share uh your own experiences and thoughts please do so in the chat and on our blog and uh uh we look forward to, to being with everybody again uh next thank week you. here on close encuentro Yes, yes, very good. Uh